0: Welcome, 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 welcome to the very first, the inaugural Ben the Life Coach Enter Radio Show. Enter Radio Show is a combination. It's a word that I made up. It's Internet plus Radio Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I really, really do appreciate you. I am your neighborhood life transformation coach, Ben Carter. If you've been following me, uh, following my my life coach career. For the last year or so, you may have heard me on Life Coach Radio Network. Um, I was a co-host uh, and a member of that family, and I cherished it because every month, at least maybe two or three times a month, I got to get on the phone with some fantastic coaches, my favorite coach, um, one of my mentor coaches, actually, Tamara, um, one of my very, very favorite coaches, Danica, uh, Lisa Marie. All first name. If you type in Life Coach Radio Networks and type in those names, um, great people like Annette Johnson, uh, Russ, who's the founder, really, really appreciative to those people for uh, allowing me to share uh, space with them, share the air with them, both figuratively and literally. It really, really has helped groom me and grow me. But I knew at some point I needed to kind of step out on my own because I always knew that I was a bit of an unorthodox uh, life coach. Uh, one of the things that I learned in coaching school, I went to IPEC uh, in, in Shrewsbury, New Jersey, um, International in, Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching is what IPEC stands for, accredited coaching school. Very, very, very proud of my stint with them for many, many different reasons. But I realized that when I went to coaching school, coaching wasn't really about um, giving advice or trying to be some pseudo psychologist uh, or being some super zen out um, person that ends their sentence with namaste, although I do every now and then. But that's not what it was about. I realized that there was a collective of things and I was a part of that collective. But there was a different thing going on with me, something kind of happening in my soul. And that is the reason why I wanted to do this as my very first show so that you can get an introduction as to how I I got into life coaching. And how I really embraced who I am as Ben, the life transformation coach, or Ben, the life coach. Um, not only a life transformation coach, but I am a motivational speaker. Um, for people who really, really, really know me and my background, uh, that was something that they saw way before I saw. Um, they have a different connotation to it, something you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a preacher and I think sometimes I am. I think I'm a bit preachy at times. I will admit that uh, I am also a corporate trainer, which I'm very super duper proud of. I have <laughs> um, one primary nine to five. I'm giggling because I have two and two part time jobs where in all of those areas I train, teach, mentor in some capacity. Didn't think that's who I would be either, uh, but I was kind of called into that. Um, I remember when I was in in school, in college, way back in the 90s, 1995-ish, and the instructor at the time, I went to school to be a chef, instructor, awesome woman, I don't even remember her name, she was a, a great chef, she said to me, I want you to join our teaching program. She used to always leave me in charge of the class. And she said, I see this on you. I see that you are fantastic. You're phenomenal. And I remembered it, but I kind of tucked it away. I kind of tucked it away deep down in my suitcase, way back in in my brain and didn't really uh, take it it into consideration uh, until I started to establish my professional career Uh, after that. In information technology IS, I've been on help desk, tech support, um, technical project manager, and that has all led up to me being a corporate trainer, which means I get to stand up and teach people how to use software, which is phenomenal to me. Um, Not everything about it is phenomenal, but that connection between me and the other person, the content delivery piece is what I really like. I am also a writer. That is the first thing <laughs> that I discovered about myself as a gift, as a talent. It just came naturally. I was in the second grade, and one of my teachers. She said, you can do anything you want. You can write anything you want. Use your imagination. And baby, 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 when she said that, she opened up uh, something on the inside of me. Like she literally spoke life into me. She spoke my purpose to me uh, because that created a vessel and an avenue for me to express myself and express myself out of the darkness of experiences that I have gone through in my life. So I'm, I'm a little bit of everything. And I didn't know that I was all of those things. I think ultimately I am a, a teacher and I use those as tools, life coaching as a tool, um, speaking as a tool, writing as a tool to express that you can make it through any experience that you've gone through in life. Any experience. I have been witness and I have come across people who have experienced trauma, moms losing their kids, kids losing their moms, um, men and women women being raped and and, and molested, um, folks losing everything financially, uh, marriages being ripped apart. I have seen it all. I've experienced um not all, but some very, very excruciating things myself. And um, I am a witness. I, I'm, I'm proud to announce, that's why I'm here, that you can make a baby. <laughs> and I am here to support that. My, my niche, if you will, is life purpose and career coaching. I really believe that if I can get you to identify what your purpose is, it's going to open up the infinite possibilities. It's going to open up abundance for you. That's how... I was able to get to this place. And so when when I sang out to the universe in spirit, right? When I sang out to the universe, when I threw my hands up in the air and I spoke to the heavens and I spoke to my creator and I spoke to the God of my understanding and I said, please give me my passion back. I've been living without my passion for 10 years. Whatever passion means, I just know I want to do something that means something. I want to fill the fire. And when I asked, I was given a love for you all that I had never had before. This love that I have for people, this burning desire that I have for people, I had never had before. And so I really, when I say after every video or after every show or after every meeting, I love you, I really do. And I didn't really mean to fall in love with you all. And fall in love for me means to actively pursue. That's why I'm always actively pursuing so many different outlets and venues because I want to get to you. I want to get to you and I want to shake you up in spirit. I want to shake you up in in humor and I want to shake you up intellectually and emotionally because I do. I do. I do. I do. I have a love for the human race. And I believe that there are incredible spirits that occupy these human beings that that share the planet Earth. So I am here as your neighborhood life coach. <laughs> um, and I am Ben Carter, born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. And this show is not all about me. This show just so happens to be about Annie D, uh, about Dean, about Annie Carter, uh, Deanie. Uh, those are all of my mom's nicknames. And I'm here to celebrate the spirit of my mother, um... She and I did not have a a great relationship. She did not. Um, My mom gave birth to me and raised me in Essex County, New Jersey, but primarily Brick City, baby. I grew up in Brick City. Um, Newark, New Jersey. I'm so proud of that because there is a layer of strength that comes out of that city. If you can make it out, you can make it anywhere, but if you can go back and, and pull your people up, it's, it's an, un, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. So I'm super proud of that. But you know, my mom and my dad got together very young. My dad was five years older than my mother, Benjamin F. Young. My my dad's name is Benjamin Franklin, um, and he, he, at his core, was an awesome guy. I, I have been unfortunate in the fact that I've lost both my parents probably before I was 35 years old. My mom was like 17-ish, I think, when she met my father. And um, they loved each other, but their relationship was volatile. Uh, They grew up and and grew me up and grew my sister up in a lot of domestic violence, a lot of substance abuse, um, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. They both made um, some heartbreaking decisions ultimately for themselves. I am happy to say and happy to announce, though, that before my parents uh, passed away, they both were in recovery. They were both clean. Um, So that means a lot to me because. It lets me know that this layer of strength comes from somewhere. Um, a lot of folks don't get to make it to profess their sobriety and their recovery. And um, I'm so happy to announce that and to celebrate that. You know, primarily my mom, because when you think about a mother and son, they're supposed to be like this undying um, closeness. And sometimes I get jealous when I see that with other people because we didn't have that. And this isn't a sad story because we didn't have that. This is a different story. This story is dedicated to every young man, young woman, every person that's lost their mom and that's lost their mom, where I feel like based on age and emotional experience prematurely, um, we all know that at some point we have to transition into the greater level of life and I believe my mom transitioned into a greater level level of life. She graduated into another level of life, but my mom made some bad decisions period um, she made some really, really bad decisions that she was judged for that ultimately I judged her for the worst um, decisions when it came to substance abuse, decisions when it came to the men that she dated. you know she got heartbroken a lot. I often say that. I learned how to be depressed from my mom. Uh, When men would walk out on her or walk out to other situations, I could feel her pain. I could feel her pain and I would mirror that. You know, I would go behind her and try to be a part of whatever it is that she was experiencing. And every now and then people ask me, how do you coach women and why, why is it that so many women are, are drawn to you? Because my mother's experience was my experience. It wasn't firsthand, but she just so happened to reveal some very, 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 very deep traumatic things to me um, at different stages in my life um, that when she passed away, all I could do is weep for her and ask for forgiveness. Because I think my mother, there was still a piece of uh, judgment that she, she went away with that she felt like people couldn't see past her decisions, um, the, the whispers and the secrets and the things that people know or they think that they know about her. And so from that experience, when my mother transitioned, one of the lessons that I learned was you are not your experience. You are always your core you are always your soul's purpose and when you're put into this body you make decisions for yourself and decisions are made for you you are a victim uh, in some instances to very 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 um unfortunate circumstances but you are not those experiences so i realized that my mother was not her experience she was not a drug addict she just so happened to be a woman that made choices in relation uh, to drug, she was not a necessarily a battered woman. She just went through a, a series of events that allowed her to be put in that situation. But I don't want to tag her as any one of those things because she was greater and she was bigger than that. Um, what my mother was the most and I think I learned this from her uh, as we were going through her her last days, that she was nonjudgmental. My mother never judged me. She never judged my sister. She never judged anybody. Um, her door was always open, which me and my sister hated. If you ever needed someplace to live, you could depend on her that you could come live with her. <laughs> me and my sister hated it. We always wanted her to ourselves, our home to ourselves, but... That wasn't my mother. Um, She was funny. She was a free spirit. Um, She loved to dance. She loved to cook. She could braid hair like nobody's business. Um, And I just appreciate her now because now I realize that even though her experiences seemed greater than her spirit, when she transitioned, there was something in her spirit that she passed on to me. So that's what this show is about to really talk about who she is and how I got over. Some of our experiences, um, some some very, very hostile verbal experiences and even sometimes physical experiences that mother and son should not go through. And so anybody that's out there and you've gone through those situations where you and your mom have fist fought or you and your mom have uh, said some nasty things to each other. I hate you. I wish you would die. I wish you were never born Um I wish I had aborted you. That was my story. Um, I'm here to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel and there is forgiveness. You know, I can talk about it and stand on that story now because when my mom passed away, I really, really, really let everything pass away with her. So when she passed away, all of the guilt, the shame, the judgment, all of that died. So I'll catch you up a bit. My mom, uh, went into recovery maybe, maybe almost 10 years ago, something like that. Uh, I really have to thank, uh, her, her guardian angel, which is my sister, uh, Aisha, who really, 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 really chased my mom down. And I say, chase my mom down with love because she made sure she found my mom and, uh, created a space for my mother to create a life for herself. And my mother created a life for herself. Um, My sister moved her out of Essex County, moved her to Chester, New Jersey, And just really set her up with a comfortable situation, uh, which is really, really something that was heaven sent and really something that the creator commissioned my sister to do, because I would not have been able to do that. I would not have been able to do it at the time I wasn't in the place um, that I was still very bitter and living in a place of hostility. And I believe God said, listen, you get to your mother because your brother will allow her to die this way. Um, And that would have been the truth. And she would have would have gone and, and transpired and expired without me ever getting to a place of resolve. And so it wasn't a long time. But I think me and my mother, we probably had maybe five or six years together um, to really have clear and, and clarity around who we were to each other. And we just bonded. And uh, we fell in love with each other. And what was so amazing about it is that my mother... She always apologized for what she did to me. And there was a point where I just kind of really said, You know what, mommy, you're here now, and that's what's important, and we can let that go. But what was really touching for me is that she chased me down. It got to the point where she would not let life go by without her expressing her sincerity for me and how she loved me and how she always understood me, even though it felt like she she didn't. And she would always say to me, you are who you've always been. You are you. And what she was saying, she would say, you came out of the womb this way. You came out of the womb this way. She'd she'd say, "You, you bust me wide open, boy. You've always been big. You've always been this, you know? And I think sometimes she didn't even know how to express that to me. So one of the greatest and most heartbreaking experiences for me was when my mother passed away, January 6th, 2000, uh, 2012. You know, my sister called me because my sister found her and she said, you know, my mommy's not moving. She's not, she's not breathing. You know, she said, I came in and nothing seems wrong because candles were lit. She had her scratch offs on the bed. She had her favorite TV show on. And she had just kind of uh, laid there and expired. And I couldn't believe it when I got the call. I remember saying, you know, telling me my mom's passed away, you know. And I couldn't believe it. So that week when I was preparing for my mom's service, I was really trying to figure out how I was going to get through this how I was going to get through this, how I was going to make it. You know, when they say you lose your mom and you only have one, that is real. You know, my mother's mom, my grandmother, my grandmother, my G-R-A-N-D mother was my mother. Um, My mother told me that she didn't even get a chance to hold me first. When I bust her wide open, she passed out. (laughs) And when she woke up, my grandmother was holding me. And I think she said, my grandmother said, you see our baby? And (laughs) I really was my grandmother's baby. My grandmother was beyond my grandmother. She was my spiritual guide. She was my very, very best friend. She was my provider. Um, She was my anchor. I really I am really still deeply, madly in love with my grandmother to this day. Love lives on; it does not go anywhere. But when my mother passed away, the person that actually held me in her womb, I was absolutely crushed, and I didn't, re- I didn't really know what to do. But I remember that week, something strange happened. There was this great, this great pressure on me that said, you've got to speak for your mother. And I know that speak meant I had to speak at the funeral, but something said, you have got to take this on. You've got to take this on. And I didn't really know what that was. So I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret and don't tell anybody. This is our secret. In around 1992-ish, when my mother had done her first stint in rehab, I remember going home after coming from the rehab and sitting on my couch Uh, and daydreaming and seeing my mother come out of rehab and um, starting to speak to people. I saw her as a motivational speaker, life coach, business owner, but I didn't know that's what it was at the time. All I knew was that I saw her walking up and down a group of people telling her story about how she made it out of domestic violence and how she was a single mom and how she chose um, drugs as a way to deal with deep, deep emotional scars from her childhood and early adulthood. And she was just trying to search for happiness and just trying to find somebody to love her and just trying to figure out a way to forgive and ultimately release so that she can forget the, the, the bruises and the, the beat up and the, the beat down and the let down. And I saw that. And fast forward the week of her death. I was like, mommy, I always thought that you would stay so that you could tell the story so that you could let people know. And I, I would see her and I could hear her say, it's all on you now, son. It's OK. You can tell the story. It's, it's it's up to you now. And so that whole week, I felt this overwhelming grief, but I also felt this overwhelming joy because all the hurt had gone. And I'll tell you another secret, and you can't tell anybody else. You can't. You have to promise. This was my secret prayer when I would pray in church or at home. And I would say to God, God, if you're really real, I don't want to have this experience that other people are having where they're, they're praising you and they're running around the church or they're speaking in all of these tongues. And I said, I want to feel like a baby in your arms. I want to feel like you're holding me and you're kissing my forehead and you're holding me close to your heart. And I could feel your, your pulse up against my face and the whole week I was dealing with my mother's death and funeral arrangements, every time I would question something, I would feel this feeling where it would go, shh, baby, you got this. I would hear this, shh, you know what I like, you know what I want. As long as you and Isha are okay, I'm okay. You've got this. Whatever whatever decision you make, I'm okay with. And so my mo- I, I just made the decision verbally but my mother made every decision spiritually she she was with me the entire time and so ultimately when that experience was over and I was left with the remnants of dealing with the grief I just sat down on 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 my chair one day out in my office and I said now what am I supposed to do with this what am I supposed to do with this and the feeling that I felt the words that I heard were Life Coach. And at the time, Life Coach was just the the vessel, just the instrument that my mom, that God would use for me to spread this message of forgiveness, of non-judgment, of healing, of life purpose, of happiness. So my message for you all tonight is that when you ask me How did you get into life coaching? I did not get into life coaching. Life coaching got into me. It was what I believe a gift that was given to my mom where she passed that down to me. That is, that's, that's my belief that she had a story to tell. She had a message to spread And she instilled something in me that I didn't know that she was instilling. I didn't know that she was putting in me. And I don't think she knew either. And whether or not she was meant to be quote unquote life coach, the story was meant to be told. And I think I just so happened to be the vessel and I have been gifted and granted the opportunity. The mantle has been passed on where in many occasions I remember one of the last conversations she had and I said, well, mommy, I can't tell your story the way that you can tell it, she said, but you can tell it. And you can tell it from your point of view. And for me, that was the most amazing thing. So although I've I've lost my mother in physical being, her spirit is bigger than her physical being could have ever been. Uh, She's with me as I make decisions. She's the reason why Live LLC exists. Leap into victory every day. You know, when I was feeling some kind of way, you know, around February, March March of that year. And I just said, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I just want to be happy. And then something said, get your victory, boy. Get it. And I said, I just want to leap into victory every day, mommy. And so this story, although it is laced with a lot of sadness and disappointment uh, and overwhelm, it really, really, really is ending with something so beautiful. I got my life because my mother transitioned. My mother graduated into a new level of living where the experience of this life was heavy, And I believe she was granted an opportunity to dwell in an everlasting place with her mom, in a place where love is abundant, in a place where we don't even understand the the level of joy that they're experiencing. So I bring a little bit of that to you all. And I dedicate this show to my family, to my friends, um, Rakiba Young, uh, Star Godwin, Chauncey Mundy, Deborah Daniel. Tanya Williams, Lisa Williams, um, the Mundy Callahan family, the Youngs, um, the, the Webs, the Smiths, the McCarthys, the Daniels, um, all of my friends, um, my fellow coach colleague, Nikki Morville, all of the folks who have lost family but who have lost their mom. Um, may your mom's spirit uh, live in you and may your mom's light shine on you every day may you bask in that glow may you be a part of that luminous loving light and uh i believe that we are all light and so tonight i shine some of annie d carter's light on you beyond the judgment beyond her mistakes beyond her experiences i am the best representation of miss annie d carter and tonight's show, I dedicate to her and my baby sister, Aisha Carter, our guardian angel. Thank you, Ayesha. Life wouldn't be the same without you. I love you guys. Till next time.